If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello and welcome to another episode of Box Trick. I am your host, Matt Brady. Joining me, as always, is Thomas the Motos Davis and Alan Thomas. Guys, how are you doing today? Great. You are so good. How about yourself? Okay. Hey, I'm good. Do you want to know why? No. Because we're about to talk some RPGs. And, I told uh, you I didn't want to know why, and you did not respect my well, wishes. Well, I told you. Hey. Oh, you know what? Hey. Check your privilege, sir. I will. I will. Don't, <laughs> violated. Don't, don't don't assume my <laughs> don't assume my privilege. Okay. <laughs> but uh, hey, so people ask us a lot. They say, "Hey, can you guys on YouTube?" There's a lot of comments. Hey, can you guys do more RPG podcast? And obviously, we can. So, um, we're just which is why gonna, today we're doing an F uh, first person yep, shooter. Podcast. Yeah, we're doing FPS. <laughs> But uh, so what we're going to do today, another RPG spotlight, where you're just going to kind of pick a game and just kind of talk about it. And so I have my little wheel of death. I'm calling it here to see who gets to go first. And it is Alan. Oh, all right. Uh, I picked an ARPG. That's probably the game I've been playing the most over the last month or two uh, called Grim Dawn. Um, if you're familiar with the game, there was recently an expansion release that added two new classes, a necromancer and uh, something else I didn't like as much. I can't remember what it's called. Um, Grim Dawn is a classic, uh, it's a throwback to like a Diablo type game. It's actually sort of the spiritual successor to Titan Quest. Yeah. If you remember, that was a a very good game. Um, The class system and most of the dynamics of of Grim Dawn are pretty similar to Titan Quest. You select a class and then at level 10 or 15, you get to pick a second class if you'd like and dual class throughout the rest of the game. Um, with now the expansion, I believe it's up to, it's eight or ten classes, so there's a really good amount of variety. Um, like any Diablo-type game, there's tons of loot. When you quit the game and, and start it again, like if out of that instance of it, you can kill all the monsters over again and find more loot, which is, I mean, magic find runs are where it's at, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it looks like Crate is said they bought... Uh... 2009 they bought the titan quest engine from iron lore crate entertainment did yep um they've done well with it the game is solid the graphics are good all the mechanics are good there's really no um no major issues uh and and um like most arpgs it, it has a hardcore mode and this is actually something that pretty recently dawned on me but essentially that means it's a roguelike mm-hmm. um if you just play it on hardcore, it is now what everyone has come to know as a roguelike. If your character dies, it dies. But like most rogue, roguelikes, there's some small amount of carryover. So you can put items in a stash. You can stash the little uh, item attachables, like, th- like uh, runes and things like that that you can attach to items. And so you don't lose everything. The progress that that character made and some of the things you found will carry over and help your next character along the way. And sometimes it even um, distinguishes what kind of character you, want, you may want to play with next. Maybe you found like some really sweet 
um, Arcanist item. And so you're going to play an Arcanist next to, to get to the level where you can use that item and see how cool it is. So I've really been enjoying that. Um, I generally die in the, in the low to mid thirties, but I just got one above 40 for the first time in hardcore. And, um, as frustrating as it is when your level 33 character dies that you've put a bunch of hours into, it's, (laughs) it's still, um, it's still fun to play the game. So that, that has to say a lot of good things about the game. Yeah. So this was a Kickstarter game, looks like. Mm, so it I did was. No, I bought it off Steam. Nope. It it was actually a Kickstarted game. It, so yeah. they kind of brought it. We're like, hey. So we have some of the developers who worked on um, Titan Quest, which was a really really popular ARPG when it came out. Uh, we want to make a new game. We want to make Grim Dawn. We want to make this really cool kind of uh, uh, post apocalyptic free enlightenment age world and and we want to build it almost similar in a way to how it played how titan quest used to play and everyone was like hell yeah you guys yeah. get our money and got kickstarted pretty quickly if i remember correctly yeah i'm looking at it right here 2012 uh they've had a kickstarter goal of 280,000 um they reached the halfway point within 4 days it finished up with $537,000 yep. so that's pretty good uh you know we've talked about kickstarter before and games and sometimes you know i mean just projects and kickstarter in general so it's nice to see one that not only actually worked the way it's supposed to work but i mean it looks like man these guys keep updating the game and releasing mm-hmm. content just about every year for it and yeah and they it's, actually, not a, it's not overpriced either it's how much the does, content how much does it even cost? the relatively reasonable so i think the base game is 30 <laughs> but you can get it on sale i think i bought it i think i bought it for like 15 bucks or something one time okay. and it's on sale and yeah, it's I, worth I, way i more did buy that. this game the other day i think i got it for 10 i want to say yeah um, it was on sale because i just actually released their one of their expansion packs i think their first right. major one if mm-hmm. i'm yes not mistaken so if so if i don't have the expansion pack i can still like play with you guys quite a bit i don't yeah. think i don't think so don't think so I think you got to get it, Matt. Well, <laughs> I've, I've read from the comments about the expansion is one of the drawbacks is it does it does pigeonhole you. Okay, I got you. Uh, but even the there's even the first add-on that they did was the Crucible, and it's essentially just like a little arena. Okay, and even that's fun. Like it was, I think I paid eight bucks for that, and I think that they have a DLC that you can buy that's just like literally just skins, and it's just like kind of a donation to the developers. Okay. And, and all those things, they're really upfront about what they are, unlike some other um, game makers lately, and their DLCs that have been less than popular. Uh, yeah. I've had a lot of fun scrolling through games on Steam to see their recent reviews go in the tanks because of DLC right. <laughs> money grabbing. Yeah, well, it looks like here. It looks like here. I'm looking at the stats. Uh, it sold over a million units, and DLC sold over at least two hundred thousand. Of course, that's on Wikipedia, so who knows when that's saying what it is. But Metacritic has it at eighty three. IGN gave it an eight point seven. Um, so I have not played this game, and I know both you you guys have. Um, so if I played, I did play a lot of Titan Quest because to me it was like the I viewed Titan Quest as like the next version of Diablo two. I played a ton of Diablo 2. Yeah. So coming from yeah. that, it's like it's similar gameplay and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's an ARPG, so click right. on your enemies to make them die, get a variety of abilities that you use with the number keys and chug potions to make sure you don't keel over in the middle of a fight. Yeah. Um, the neat thing is, like Titan Quest, you have the multi-classing. 
So okay. you can take one, you can take your warrior class for a bunch of levels until you can unlock, say, your necromancer class or your your uh, class that gets all the fire grenades. Um, and so it allows you to be really, really flexible, like Titan Quest. And then also gear will give you additional abilities occasionally. So uh, yeah. one of my favorite items in Grim Dawn is actually a pair of pants called <laughs> Soiled Pants. Uh, Soiled Pants. <laughs> which gives you an ability where you just pull shit out of your pants and throw it at enemies. <laughs> kind of horrifying. Nice. Uh, so but, would you say it's better than Diablo 3? Um, pre, pre Reaper Souls, I would have said yes. 100%. Yeah. Now, since they seem to be on track with Diablo 3 of late, it's harder to say. I would say it's a different experience. Okay. Yes, they're very. That's my point too. They're yeah. very different. If you just want to grind for difficulty and run through the same stuff over and over again, and that's your cup of tea, and I get that. Like Diablo is probably better. This game, I think the classes are better, more um, permanentness yeah. in my choices. So like. That's what bothers me about Diablo. I don't like just being able to immediately respec everything anytime right. I want. I don't like right. that. That makes the character not feel to me. And that's that's a big part of the experience. So Grim Dawn, you can pretty quickly respec, sort of. So there's in each class, there's two trees, essentially. There's your class tree, which allows you to unlock higher level skills. Okay. And each level up, you get a little more mana from it, you get a little more HP, and you get a little more of each of the stats in there. And it's specific to the class, so each class has its own strength. You cannot unspec that. You cannot oh, okay. That's cool. take skills out of it once you put them in. And it's about it's 50 skill points of the three you get per level to max that out. And each, each uh, tier you hit on that, a couple new skills for that class. Um, and the individual class skill points you can respec. Um, but I find that you don't really need to that much. Uh, once you find the play style that you like, you're going to stick to it usually. And so you can't just totally change the class. You can't undo and redo. Um, eh, I don't know. Eh. And the dual classing part of it, you also, once you pick that second class, you're locked into it. Okay. So yep. your character kind of builds its own path. That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool though, because because that was one of the things I really liked, like in Diablo two, um, yeah. when it was like, oh, I want to do like you know, run the whole game through hell and everything. It was like you really have to know your class, and so it's kind of cool because then you like you do you do like different builds. But if you you can just respec, you know, what I mean, it's like, well, I just play one character and I can just change stuff. So it, I do. I kind of like that. Like, oh, I want to play through as this character and like you know try everything out because. For me, a lot of the times in RPGs, it's more about like the journey. Because once I get to that point to where I'm like super powerful, the game kind of loses its like luster for me. So that's kind of cool, though. I actually like that about games. So, so I think that's what core is that you don't ever get to that point. You usually end up dying first. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm looking at the requirements here. It doesn't look like this game requires that much to run. Like two gigs no. of RAM, five gigs of hard drive space. Okay. That's it's pretty yeah. light. Yeah, uh, keyboard and mouse. Uh, that's what it says on, <laughs> on the forums. You got to have a keyboard and mouse. Yeah, don't play it with a gamepad. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is definitely one of those games where the gamepad was added as an option for people who wanted to try it. But this yeah. game type is not suited towards right. a c- gamepad whatsoever. I mean, not even, not, had, even, not even that weird Steam controller. Yeah. 
No, well, do do not pick up a Steam controller. <laughs> I, I haven't used one. I don't know. Any, I don't know if they they just they, seem so aw- awkward to me. They are. They are exactly that. They're very awkward. But um, like I mean, going back to Diablo three, like Diablo three, when they released for consoles, they had to remake. They had to a- add special things to make the game more playable on consoles. Okay. Um, like they added a whole like dodge roll button, which actually makes the game feel a lot more like Champions of Norath than it does Diablo three, which is awesome. But Grim Dawn doesn't have uh, Grim Dawn is a PC game that you can play with a gamepad, and yeah. uh, that is not ideal. Right. Yeah, it looks here. I'm looking at. Excuse me, Crate Entertainment. It says their number of employees is like ten, so it's like a really small team. I don't like know if it's working on this. 10, but yeah, the, yeah again, that's Wikipedia. So, and that was 2014. So I'm obvious they're probably uh, quite a bit bigger now, but yeah, I mean, they're definitely, they're a smaller company that grew out of the ashes of a couple different development teams. And they got yeah. some, some help. Uh, they got some people from some of the bigger names and yeah. decided so to this, make a really kind sweet of a bigger, is kind of a bigger game on Twitch. Like, like, like I don't want to use no. No, okay. I don't know what I don't do to I don't Twitch. You know, Twitch. Okay. <laughs> I don't drink like, enough coffee. Was gonna use the term it, I mean Twitch Twitch is now, Twitch is gonna be a very specific group, you know? It's gonna be your CSGO, your esports, and then whatever's new and popular. Yep. Okay. So me me not knowing how to strafe and counter strike. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, I, uh, I was, <laughs> when we were playing the other day, I was uh, people were commenting. They're like, "Matt, even strafe left." <laughs> I was like, only, "I was like only going to the right." I was like, "Guys, I listened literally like the first time I've ever used keyboard and mouse for first person shooters." So <laughs> this whole PC gaming is is new to me. It's exciting though. So no, I ha- I ha- now that I own it, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to check this game out and really dive into it. So oh yeah. Now you said you had the uh, we were talking. You said you had the expansion for this. How is that right now? Because I haven't picked it up myself, but I'm interested. So um, the the necromancer class is great. The other class is weird. I wasn't as big a fan. It does add the two new classes. Um, I didn't notice a lot of other changes, and I I couldn't tell you in depth enough to tell you what all the small early game changes are. Fine, it does add a lot your... of new areas, but I play I play on hardcore, and so I don't usually make it to those. <laughs> yeah. So they pro- they're probably super cool. Um, I just I just bought it because I wanted the classes and. Because honestly, I, I mean, I paid like fifteen bucks for the game, and eighteen bucks for the expansion was yeah, a reasonable yeah. price for. Yeah, it's like yeah, the expansion yeah seventeen ninety nine. That's that's not too bad Some, though. Seventeen ninety nine for the expansion, and the game is currently twenty four ninety nine on Steam. So yeah, that's not yeah, that's not bad at all. And you, and you never buy st- these things on Steam when they're not on sale. So I mean, we all know that, right? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> it's gonna go on sale within the next two weeks. Just wait. Yeah. Every yeah, everything goes on sale. I actually, I'll say like I have the I get emails like hey this is on your wish something yeah. on your wish list is on sale Steam wish list is on yeah. sale yeah but when i when my wish list is like 300 games i'm always like okay i, I, I like <laughs> mine's at 50 some i think yeah nah. yeah i'm also about 300 games yeah well i only i i own like 70 games you know i think thomas owns like 7,000 games on steam so uh, yeah 900 I, I have like <laughs> 300 i think Oh, I haven't added the recent Humble Bundle game, so that's actually slightly more. 
Hey, sweet. You can hook me up with the ones you already have. So <laughs> I just subscribe can. to Hundle Humble Bundle, man. It's like twelve bucks a month. I don't need Worth to. Su- I don't need to subscribe because you guys just <laughs> give me free games, and my brother does too. My brother, like he he's he has like a huge Steam library, and so I, every time I get on, it's like up oh, new games. It's like, geez, sweet. I have like a hundred over a hundred games, and I've bought like three. So <laughs> yeah, it works for me. Okay. Um. Next is in the wheel of death. Next is Thomas. So. Oh, you're just gonna just gonna give it to me, huh? Well, I I did I spun the wheel, yeah, because I just, I spun it at the beginning. Sorry, I guess I should. Oh, okay. I guess I should. <laughs> oh, you're spinning for yeah, you All right, now, Alan, Tom, now, now, now we look like idiots. <laughs> Alan, Thanks. Thomas, then me. Okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and speak on another Western RPG. All this this one is a bit older. That's okay, Don. Uh, I'm going to be talking about a game called Planescape Torment, one of my favorite RPGs to ever come out of a little company called Black Isle. Mm-hmm. Now, Black Isle Studios was a, a development house back in the 90s. They were formed, I think, in 96. I didn't... Uh, I want to say they lasted up until... Looks like about 2004. Early? Yeah, mid like early mid two thousands. Um, it was kind of a sad to see them go because they made some of my favorite RPGs. They made Fallout, Planescape Torment. They made Icewind Dale and its expansions, Icewind Dale Two, and the Dark like the second. Actually, I don't think they made the first Dark Alliance game. They, they made, made the they made one. Baldur's Gate. Like early, no, they published. They published Baldur's Gate, but they Baldur's did. Gate they developed made, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance too. Yes, I mean Baldur's Gate was a Bioware game, I believe, back yeah. when Bioware was the little game, little kind of uh, group that guys, could. How did yeah, these before guys, they got how did these guys get into financial trouble when they were publishing these games that did really well? That is the question that we ask about a lot of nineties development houses. Okay, like I'm yeah. not even joking. Or because I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm like I, I named Baldur's Gate, and okay, the last game they published was Lionheart: Legacy of the Crusader. I don't remember that one. Yeah, got good reviews. I don't know. Huh. I don't know anything about it. I I really don't remember that one. I'll have yeah. to look that. I'll have to look that one up. Anyways, what we're talking about now is Planescape Torment. So back in the 90s, and this was this was late 90s, this was 99. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, back in the 90s, there was it was kind of like the golden era of gaming uh, for PC gamers. You had all sorts of wonderful like flight simulators and space games that had come out in the early to mid 90s and it started to die off. You had a ton of the just amazing RPGs coming left, right and center. You had first-person shooters on the rise. You've had like everything from Unreal and Unreal Tournament, Unreal Two, not Unreal Tournament, I'm sorry, Unreal Tur- Tournament. Then you had like the Quake series and all sorts of good stuff. There were some shining gems in that era, and Planescape Torment is, in my opinion, one of the finest. It is a D and D style. Uh, RPG and this is and, and this is like classic RPG wandering around turn-based combat, uh, very character-driven. It took place in a world that was kind just 
out there in terms of fantasy. This wasn't like high fantasy. This was something completely different. It took place in this city of that essentially a city that had connections to all sorts of other planes and realms. And it was just kind of this weird mismatch of various kind of groups that had gotten lost and come together and found this city. I think it's called the city of doors. Uh, and your character is essentially a immortal amnesiac. You wake up on a mortuary table. The You're, nameless one. The nameless one. Yeah. He has no memory of who he is. Uh, he is essentially wandering the world of Planescape, trying to figure out who he is, what he's supposed to be doing. And he's encounter- he encounters characters through his travels that know him and that have either had really good or really bad interactions with him in the past. And so the whole story is this weird kind of mystery of like figuring out who you are and figuring out how to deal with the information you get. And it's actually really, really interesting. Like I would say this game is far better because of its story than it's gameplay because it's gameplay while not terrible it, it's just it's a D game yeah you know roll dice build at your character you know kind of build up your stats but this is back when this is back when there was a lot less i would say simplification mm-hmm. so you wouldn't be told oh you need to have this level before you can give these responses there were things that you wouldn't be able to do unless you met some sort of specific goal or did a specific thing earlier on and the game wouldn't tell you about these. Um, but the game was, the game was a game that was like no other at the time. I mean, like I said, it, it was all story. It was, it was pretty much your character and his companions and the way they interacted, their interpersonal stories, the backgrounds of the game, which just kind of takes a weird turn at the end because uh, a fun little tidbit is that the studio, like black Isle didn't have the money or the time to make all of the stuff they wanted to do for the game, including its endings. Yeah. And they decided to work around that and it comes out really, really well. And it really kind of, it kind of gives you all this mind fuck to the, the storyline, the sound of the sound direction was amazing. It has uh, voice acting in it, which is really solid. Every single character that you encounter in the game that you really interact with, has these amazing backstories. They have great motivations and they actually feel like really, really good, well-written characters that you would see in movies or books that are, they're just, it's just beautiful. Um, and I just like, I, I want to say more about all sorts of little tidbits, but I don't want to give anything away because I want people to play this game. Well, if you want to play it, you can pick it up uh, for twenty bucks on Steam. It's the yeah. enhanced. The enhanced edition came out. Um, yep. 
Yeah, I'm like I'm reading the reviews, and I know that um, like I'm, there's a lot of uh, like YouTubers I watch, like Metal Jesus Rocks, for example. He's all about like big box PC games and collecting those, and he is always talking about this game. It, it looks like it looks like it got it got really good reviews, but it just didn't sell very well back in the day. So this was this was 1999. This is when things are kind of. And this is December of 1999 too. This is when PC gaming was starting to get on its way out because we've had the PlayStation and Nintendo 64 and consoles are starting to gain traction. Mm -hmm. Uh, I believe 99 isn't 99 like Uh, right around. Yeah. The greatest day in the history of the world. (laughs) Cast came out. Yeah. Like, like it's getting, we're right about to hit the PlayStation two and we're right about to hit like the, next big generation of consoles yep and so we are starting to see the decline this is the end this is the end of the golden era of pc games yeah pc gaming has kind of gone in this weird turn where pc gaming was like the best way to play things um well keep in mind back in the day you could build a really powerful computer for really really cheap yep and a lot of the people that were buying these games were people that were computer enthusiasts they weren't you know oh i bought a dell they were people that like hey i bought a collection of parts put together myself this beautiful machine now give me something that'll tax it to the fucking nines or this plays a great story that's a sick thing called the pentium 4 yeah it's (laughs) like the real i got like 32 megs of ram it's gonna be sweet uh sir i believe you mean the pentium 2 was it the pentium 2 i don't know (laughs) But uh, yeah, the Pentium Four was like, yeah, it was much later. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Anyway, but uh, no, this is this is kind of like it, we were starting to see a turn in the audience. We were starting to see consoles get a rise. It's it's one of those things where it was the right game at the wrong time. Yeah, had this come out, had this had the ability to come out five years earlier, it would have you would not have heard the end of it. You would yeah. know it today, even if you hadn't been a PC gamer. So is combat in this game, it looks to me like it's like Diablo. No. Well, no. It okay. is It is a turn-based game. So it is freeform. Area, like It's not like grid-based. So right. you can walk around, you use your movement points, you cast spells. Mm-hmm. But it is not a action RPG by any means. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm looking at the reviews here. I mean, uh, Computer Gaming World, named the game of the year, PC Gamers US, GameSpy added it to their Hall of Fame in like 2004. I mean, it looks like everybody like loves this game. The the reviews on Steam are like nothing short of, I mean, people just like, uh, some guy says, best game ever read, best book ever played. Um, yeah, no, that's that's entirely <laughs> accurate. Yeah. And it, it is worth quoting in the time yeah my official best game ever biggest regret passing this game up when it came out one of the best stories in an rpg why are you reading reviews just go and play this classic (laughs) and they're absolutely right uh, android and ios uh i don't so yes there was a recent thing where a lot of those older games like baldur's gate and Planescape Torment got put onto mobile platforms, and I don't know how well those play. I would personally say avoid those, yeah. unless you got one of those really, really big iPads or a really big mobile device. 
Um, Fablet. A Fablet, yeah. yeah. Just, just I would, I would just get it for PC or yeah. Mac or what have you. Okay, so, so the company that has released it is called Beam Dog, uh, which is <laughs> a tiny little company. Um, looks like it, it's just like it's a Canadian video game developer, publisher, and distributor. Um, it's like some former Bioware guy. It looks like the only thing they've done is they released MDK two for the Wii. I didn't know that existed. Then uh, they've mostly <laughs> just then they've mostly just uh, published like Baldur's Gate in 2012, mm-hmm. um, and then like yeah, Planescape Torment this year and Baldur's Gate Siege of the Dragon Spear last year. So yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, like I said, for this game, I did not play it back in the day um but i've heard nothing but praise from it and a lot of the, a lot of the youtubers i i see who are like you know into classic rpgs i mean this or classic uh pc gaming i guess i should say i mean they're always talking about this game just being like one of the best things they've ever played i'm looking at screenshots and stuff it looks really unique um to me it just it, it just like, it just looks like diablo but i think it's just because it's that overhead it's it's an isometric view. viewpoint and it has its own unique kind of flair to it. It's definitely not a Diablo game though. Yeah. How many, how long is it? Do you think? Oh, that's a good 80, 90 hours at oh, really? minimum. Like okay. it's, it's not, so it's a, it's a long game. That's really heavily invested on story and it's got a lot of little side, like kind of storylines to explore. Yeah. It's, and, and, and the graphics in this look, I mean, I guess I should say the art style looks so cool. It's almost like yeah. this, like, I don't, I don't even know how I would describe it. Cause it's, it's not high fantasy. I would say it is kind of a, it's like, I don't, I don't even want to say right word steampunk. No, like, I mean, it, it varies on the plane. Like, yeah. like, there, there are some planes that you. There are some places you go where things will have more of a high fantasy look to them. The the city of doors itself has a vastly. It's very, it's very dark, which is cool. Yes, it's gritty and dark, and I like it's. Oh, it's, like the, the word is on the tip of my tongue, but I cannot think of the name. That's okay. Or think of it. So. Uh. Yeah, but uh, twenty bucks on Steam. I don't know how much it is. Oh, not City of Doors. I'm sorry. It's Sigil. That's the name of the city. Sigil. Fuck. What was City of Doors? Alan, have you played this? Nope. Nope. Do you heard about it or anything? Or not really? No. I knew. I mean, I knew the name was a name of a game, but yeah, Interplay. Yeah, Interplay's done a lot of. Oh, Interplay was a publisher of glorious gaming back in the golden age oh yeah they helped uh publish a little blizzard game people don't really realize it was a blizzard game called rock and roll racers which i've talked about a lot <laughs> but they also produced one of my favorite first person series descent okay one of my favorite games but that is not what we're here for today yeah uh yeah a planescape torment again like i said i've heard so much um just like universal praise about this game. I mean, I'm going to have to check it out. 20 bucks. Okay. Yeah. I may just have yeah. to, may just have to get it. Okay. Um, the game I am here to talk about is enchanted arms. Uh, it was almost like 
came out in 2006 for the 360 and then 2007 for the PS3. So very, very early RPGs. I'm fairly certain this was either the first or second RPG actually released for the 360. Um, it came out right around the same time as Oblivion. Um, uh, developed and published by From Software. So have either of you guys played it? Enchanted mm-hmm. Arms? Yeah. No? Thomas, you have? Okay. I have. So, Alan, here, I'm going to describe this to you, okay? Because this is the most unique RPG, JRPG you'll, you'll have ever heard of. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm going to give you all the scenarios that this game has, and no video game you've ever played has had these things, okay? You have Japanese students, okay? See, so far, I'm, I'm, it's already, you've never played a game like that, right? Who... <laughs> You have these Japanese students who, you know, everything's going cool. They're at this school where they learn magic. Next thing you know, they go to this festival and somehow release a demon that, like, teleports them. You know, basically destroys the world, teleports them to this, like, parallel universe, like, a thousand years in the future. And I thought they just, I thought they just had to leave the town. I don't remember that part. No, it's, uh... No, 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 no. It's like he awake, they awaken, or no, a group raids the school. That's right. It, guys, it's been a lot. During the festival, yeah. a, a group raids the school during the festival. They try to unlock something which has a reaction on the main character, which reveals yeah. that he may or may not be a person. Um, yeah. And then he destroys the school in a blind rage, wakes up in a different town, and that's when that's the story well, they also unleash the, the the Ice Queen, who's like a mm. you know super powerful god like thing. So they're called golems. Yeah. Um, and anyway, long story short, obviously none of those scenarios have ever played out in any video game ever. <laughs> uh, and the game does certainly isn't like Pokemon or Persona, where you collect said golems and then use yeah. them for battle. Yeah, you know. Uh, uh, but I'll I'll <laughs> say this: Enchanted Arms, um, by today's standards, it's probably it'd probably be not really like the best game to jump into um but by the really, standards of when it came out i'd say it wasn't the best game to jump i don't into. know man i loved i was so no no i'm not saying i'm not out. saying it's bad i'm just saying it's a game that was meant for a very specific audience that they definitely yeah. tried to market to a lot bigger audience yeah but also uh but i think i think uh so the story in this game is it's okay it's not really the best um but I think what this game really has going for it is it has a really cool battle mechanic. Um, so it's partly, I guess, like turn-based RPG, and then it's also, I guess, somewhat of a like, like there's some tactics involved. So you're on a four by three grid, and as are your opponents, and so you kind of have to like maneuver around this little grid. Your characters, and they have obviously like attack patterns that go on the other grids. Um, and so there's obviously like this, it just, it just makes, to me, I, I just always thought that was a really cool mechanic um, rather than just the standard like RPG where it's like, okay, you know, just turn-based attack and attack. Um, and I think it really breathes some life into this game. Um, Cause for me, that's what I really loved was the battle, the battling in this game. Um, a lot of RPGs, if they have like, you know, a cool battle mode, even if the story is not that great, I'm looking at you, Internal Sonata. Uh, <laughs> then, uh, yeah, it can really sell me on 
on the game. But uh, as Thomas said, yeah, one of the things you can do in this game is basically the enemies you fight are called golems, and you can, just like Persona, you can kind of capture them and then use them on your team. Although I will say there's really no reason to not just use the faint, the four main characters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, music, the soundtrack, yeah, it's kind of forgettable. I thought I I was watching a bunch of reviews today and a lot of people said that the graphics were like not that great, but I thought they actually were pretty good for the time. Um, I mean, for the time. Not, yeah. Like when time. it first came out, it was kind of like they weren't. They weren't spectacular, but they weren't bad by any yeah. measure. Yeah, I plowed. I mean, I plowed through this game. Um, I can't remember if I beat it or not. It was so long ago. Um, <laughs> but it's definitely a game that you're going to play like once. You're not, you know, not yeah. really. Yeah, not really going to go back to it. Um, I will say this game does have uh, something that everybody commented on in all the reviews for it. Uh, so there is a char- uh, character. He's like one of your friends. His name is Makoto. And he is like this like almost like absurdly stereotypical gay character and like they're like so over dramatic and like how they play him it's like offensive like all the reviewers <laughs> be like it's so offensive um so just like check out some gameplay footage of that um and check it out but if you can find this game i'd say for like 15 bucks at like a used game store i think you should check it out um especially if you like maybe it's like tactical rpgs um, and you just want to play something that's kind of different. There is a slight difference in the, between the PS3 version and the Xbox 360 version in that the PS3 version has some extra content. It came out a year later. Um, but so, the voice... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I just want to mention, so there was a collector's edition of Enchanted Arms that was... Oh, was uh, there? There was. And the only thing that came with it was a extra little manga. It was like a little... 40 page manga uh, that kind of goes through like it's a little prequel tale. It's like, oh, hey, there's a sudden golem outbreak and it centers around this girl who isn't part of the main four characters, but she's friends with the main four characters. And it kind of goes through the story of her trying to survive this golem kind of outbreak uh, with the help of her friends, the main characters. And at the end, you know, they all survive and she gives a tearful goodbye because she's transferring away from the school to one of the cities, the city that's like super kind of closed down, covered yeah. in snow, that sort of thing. Um, she is never heard from again. That that whole manga. And it's like the thing I remember the most about it was reading this and go like, oh, that's kind of neat. Now I'm going to play the game. And I got to that time. I'm like, oh, maybe this is I'm going to meet this girl again. And then I'm like, go through it. Nothing. I'm like, yep. oh, this was written completely separate from the people who actually wrote the storyline of Enchanted Arms. Yeah. Yeah, Enchanted uh, Arms, it's an oddball. It's 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 definitely an, an oddball game. Um, it is definitely it is. like uh you I don't know. I I'm tr- I'm trying to think. Like, I'll say this, like especially early for the 360 there weren't really a lot of rpgs um i mean i think in the first like two or three years for the 360 it was like oblivion enchanted arms and then blue dragon until I mean, like, lost lost odyssey came around um this is this is also on the 360 initially and the 360 did not have any market presence in japan where that where enchanted right. arms and a lot of those rpgs came from yeah like it was it's just one of those situations where 
like the weird oddball games we got were because only the weird oddball developers actually wanted to work on the 360. Yeah. So. Yeah. And if you remember at the time, the 360, um, like the 360 compared to PC gaming was like pretty decent when the, th- when the 360 came out, like it was like quite powerful um, for like the price and what we got. Um, not like today where, you know, like because the 360 PS3 did so well that they like pushed us back a console generation and like, what you were buying the PS4, you know, what you were getting there compared to PC gaming is like this drastic difference. Like, so <laughs> graphically, I think this game, you know, was really, was really good. So I think that, you know, I don't know. They're just developers were willing to like, Hey, let's try out stuff because maybe people are going to buy it. Cause the 360 sold really well. Um, oh, yeah. PS3 came out and it did not sell very well to begin with. And then actually ended up beating the 360 there at the end. Um, but yeah, again, if you can find this game for 10, 15 bucks, I'd say check it out. Um, it's, it's around 40 hours. I will say it is a very dirty game. A lot of the plot is mostly told through like cutscenes. Um, one of the cool things about the battle system is that you can like fast forward it, uh, which makes it a lot better, especially if you, cause it, this is a random encounter game. So there's a lot of battling. And so, you know, later in the game, at least you at least you have the ability to fast forward battles, um, which is always nice. <laughs> yes. That was one of the better aspects was just like you click a button and you don't have to deal with grinding. Yeah. Yeah. And again, if you look at all the RPGs that are even at this point still like that came out on the 360, um, especially in the early years, I'd say it was one of the better ones. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, it's not infinite undiscovery. It's not the last remnant. It's not final fantasy 13. So, you know, at least it's got that going for. <laughs> All right. You're selling it real high there. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Uh, this is an RPG spotlight. I didn't, I didn't say these games have to be great. Again, I, the way I look at games is it's kind of like how much am I paying for it to what am I getting out for it? Yeah, it seems like you try to sell games as if we all had time traveling machines and we're traveling back to this time and getting stuck. And then now we only have that selection of games to do. Well, I think. uh, Well, I look at it as like collectors because a lot of a lot of people that yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. A lot of a lot of a lot of YouTubers and stuff that collect like go back and they want to play all these games and stuff. So yeah, it's like Um, it's like a hidden rock. Yeah, yeah. It's not really a hidden gem. But I don't know. I re- like. I really enjoyed it. I thought. It, I thought it was different. I don't know. Maybe I was just naive back in the day. You know? Because yeah. I, well, I think you're painting the picture of it really well. Like in that time, what else were you to play? You know? Yeah. So. Okay. Um. Well, that is our show for today. Um. I'd say you could find us on the internet, but you can't find Thomas. Um. <laughs> you can't find where Alan. Where can people find you? Uh, Facebook or Portland Dodgeball on YouTube. Portland Dodgeball. Uh, I yeah, play Dodgeball. Alan's pretty much a professional Dodgeball player. You can find me pretty much anywhere on the internet at Super Games Bros. Um, and you can find us on Podbean, iTunes, and of course YouTube. And uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening.